welcome in to another episode of Podcast 63, a.k.a. Simcasting Couch. This is the summer program that we are putting together just for fun to do something to keep us from going insane during the sportsless time in all of our lives right now. Um, but how we're doing that is playing the Heat Check College Basketball Simulated League, which we talked about uh, last week. Uh, I, Buck, have UAB, and Lou has Marshall. And this week, uh, I had a lot of fun. Uh, uh, Lou, are you having fun? Are you uh, are you liking this Simulated League so far? Yeah, no. I, at first, I, for some reason, thought it would only be an email a week, really just quick interaction, but the consecutive days of receiving information back on your team or just like getting, giving inputs, um, I think is a crucial thing just to keep me interactive and also just engage with sports again and just the passion of college basketball. So it is, it's a lot of fun so far. I have to agree. Yeah, I've been having fun too. Um, so we'll get into more about why it or how it has been. Uh, there have been a lot of responses and back and forth. Um, but thank you guys for listening, and don't forget, go Blurs. He jumps, he passes out to Hunter, Hunter shoots, off the rim, Rouskin the scores, it's over, it's over, we won, we won the ball game, Viola won the ball game, oh, we won, 60 to 58. All right, Lou, so the first thing we had to do, which was just over a week ago, uh, was kind of like an introductory survey, um, and it pretty much set the boundaries for how our teams would uh, fare this year. So the questions we got, the first one uh, was setting our program in- integrity level. So we got to rank all these things from one to five. For this one, one was the dirty program and five was a clean program. Um, I'm just going to start and we'll just talk about this for a little bit. So one of the things I really wanted to do, this is one of the things I wanted to do differently, like make sure our teams were different. So this is Mm -hmm. kind of the only things that we communicated about, like how we were doing it and how we would integrate it together. So I picked um, to have a completely clean program. So mine, I rated it a five. And then Lou, I want you to talk what you did and like why, why you chose what you did. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I, I picked um, a three just because um, because it's I think you need to be aggressive, but I definitely uh, thought it was a good way to balance each other out, especially with a team that's not so high in rankings. You need to do maybe a few things to kind of push the envelope, nothing really too crucial, uh, but something that can really make an impact with a recruit or just maybe with um, how you go about um, the, your team culture, maybe just maybe pushing that little envelope to get that win. So regardless of the win was recruiting or if it was um, pretty much just in the stance of the game, just wanted to see how that unfolds. So, yeah. Yeah. I think um, a couple of the different things where this could, we could see this actually being uh, implemented is definitely in recruiting. So that's one place where people have talked about it. Um, I think player development too, I would assume I haven't seen anything like like specifically spelled out, but I would assume Mm -hmm. that, you would be more likely to have players develop faster or quicker. Um, and maybe like the biggest downside is that your team could get a postseason ban, which uh, actually six teams did. Did you, did you see that? Uh, the, the yep. Six six, yeah. It was interesting to see actual teams being banned 
uh, not for like a, ooh ah, but like the 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 way he checks going about it is a proper uh, kind of format that they're actually committing to this idea. So not he can't just run rampant and do whatever you want. So I like that. The biggest one I saw was Auburn, and then also Davidson got banned, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, definitely not teams that immediately come to my mind when I think of dirty programs, but that's because you know these are all user run. Um, the other way I can maybe see, I don't know if this is true, but if you have a really dirty program, like you're talking like one or two, like maybe uh, players are more likely to leave too, like to transfer out. I don't know if that that might be the case. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I decided to go with a five just because, like I said, I wanted to do something different and you had decided on doing a three. So I was either going to go between a really dirty program or a really clean program and I just personally, one of the things I thought of was I really didn't want to be banned from postseason, especially like for the, Agreed, sake of, yeah. for the sake of the podcast and also just for my sake to have more fun. So I just went with five. Um, we'll see how it, it ends up panning out. Um, but definitely, definitely fun to, to see to see that. Um, and then the second thing, second question on this uh, intro sort of survey was, to set our roster priorities. So this was between recruiting and player development. Uh, And Lou, do you want to talk a little bit about the difference between those two, between recruiting and player development? Yeah, so um, like we discussed last time, there was um, kind of two things of each player on our roster. There was loyalty to the team, and then there was actually development. Um, So one thing I noticed was like, even though I maybe had a few guys that had high development, uh, my team, my focus was actually to go on recruiting. So again, as an emphasis on recruiting would be like, Hey, you're looking to build guys through recruitment, not really develop young guys or develop a junior that could turn into your starter. Um, there, the, that would be why I selected recruiting. And then again, as you can go on the other end and play, Hey, no, I want to develop the guys I have. So while I don't think my program is going to be Kentucky or Duke spinning out new recruits every year, the freshman class being the next draft class, but I think um, having an emphasis on getting the right guys, because, again, as I think these rosters are great, but it's almost like being a new coach hired a new team. You see these instances where the new coach really doesn't gel well with the players because maybe they don't fit the system that uh, they, he was working with. So that's why I think coming to a new team like I am, I'm, I'm personally I went with one for heavy recruiting because I want guys that I think can really mesh well and with my mentality. And then I believe you went with a five there. So I actually, I end up going with a four. So I, four. I the main reason why I went with four is because my two best players are sophomores. So I Got figured it. I really want to work hard at keeping them because I think one is a low loyalty and one is medium. So I really wanted to make sure my best player's loyalty is low. And I thought maybe if I put more into player development, he'd be more likely to stay. Um, and I want to, if, if that's the case, I want those two players to continue to grow for the next two years is I think both those guys can be like all conference type players if they develop and depending on how much they develop because I don't really know how quickly the players develop um but it seems like uh that was a good bet for my team going into into the future um and then the next after roster priorities we had recruiting priorities so getting more into the thing that Lou spent most of his uh, time in, which was, and then this, for this one, you had the difference between picking high school recruits or transfers, which I'm 
I actually don't know. Do you know if the JUCO re- recruits count as high school or transfers? Um, I actually am not sure. I think I went – I think JUCO actually are probably with more high school, which now that I think about it makes no sense uh, just because yeah. the rankings we have are only high school and JUCO rankings. Um, but you would think they'd be transfers, and that's why I went heavy with transfers. Regardless of JUCO, I just think personally a transfer um, – through guys who have played on other teams might actually help my program. So, yeah. Yeah. I actually, I went the exact opposite. I went only high school recruits. So that's, uh, I, I went, I put five with high school recruits. So I have to focus very heavily on getting high school recruits during, you were, uh, you were nearly close. You were, we'll talk about that later, but you were close. Yeah, I know we're going to have, because I think this sets us up for the future for the, the later part of the podcast about our recruitment, but Speaking from from what I know, I think you're actually in a way better position than I am going into the the next couple of recruitment cycles. So then we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, after that we have we got to pick the difficulty of our schedule. I, I think this this has to mean for next year because I thought for sure I think when he sent us this our schedules are already set. Yeah, they so were. I, yeah. Yeah, so this would have to be for the following season. Um, but being a mid-major school, being it is it is a, a competitive mid-major conference, Conference USA. Um, I definitely and I thought I think my team's going to be pretty good next year. So I went right in the middle um, between an easy and challenging schedule. I really do want um, to have to have some some easy games in the beginning, uh, maybe a couple high major teams here and there. But I also know that um, we have uh what western kentucky and our is it western or northern kentucky in conference here i believe it's western yeah we have western kentucky in our conference and they're always pretty good and then knowing that lose team should be pretty good next year too i i picked a balanced schedule because i knew that my conference schedule would also be pretty balanced um but lou what did you end up putting for scheduling uh for scheduling i went with kind of just just the mentality of next year, like, again, as the scheduling is for next year, um, but mainly just the emphasis on just a four, actually, um, just because I thought my team would be more challenged or be able to handle a challenge next year, um, mm-hmm. just because I thought, hey, we do well this year, we can be challenged uh, enough next year uh, to really push it. And again, is again, that mentality of getting the right recruits, getting the transfers, that could help uh, really just kick off this uh, team to be able to crush it next year on a challenging schedule. Yeah, I like that. Um, so then the last question here uh, for the intro survey is setting your team's pace of play. So this has to do, uh, you can either have a really slow tempo, um, you know, not get on on fast breaks, focus on defense, or an extremely fast tempo and that, you know, getting out on fast breaks and you're more focused on your offense um, so personally, my team is better defensively. I have a lot of players who are better on defense than on offense. So I went and did extremely slow. So I did a one. Um, and throughout the first few games, it definitely, I think, made an impact. Um, but Lou, you're on the other end of the spectrum, I think, aren't you? No, I'm actually, I went slow. Um, oh, did you? Yeah, but I went slow for a different reason, though. Um, my okay. team actually is really bad at defense. So I went the mentality of if you push this um, high offense that there's no way we can even get stops. Um, Cause I, I was really thinking of in the way that 
regardless of how good my offense is, if I can't slow down the ball and kind of control the tempo um, and don't let the other team really push and control the game, then maybe that will be able to dictate a win or two more than I expected. And um, and I think slowing down the tempo just helps maybe. Uh, I, I'm, again, this is our first time doing it, so I think after maybe a few times of this heat check sim couch, uh, we'll be able to really understand the effects of all this. But the way I looked at it, I saw a really bad defense. I'll be honest with you, a horrible defensive team. And I saw, hey, let's slow down. Let's slow down the ball. Let's slow the tempo down and really just see if we can control it. And I, I do think I was actually very surprised um, with uh, my results. And we'll talk about that later. But I was very surprised. And I don't know if it, I don't know if it impacted it, but I can definitely, I hope that it did. Yeah, so then, actually, the other thing to do on this intro uh, intro survey was that you could list your exhibition opponent. So that, that was kind of one of the things I actually found really fun was uh, being able to – we have, like, a group chat, basically, for all of the all of the participants in the Sim mm-hmm. League, all 150. If you want to participate in the group chat, you can. Um, and you could talk with other teams to discuss, like, what kind – of exhibition opponent you want like do you want like only schedule it against a top 25 team in the nation or do you want to schedule it against a team who finished you know in the bottom half of their conference last year do you want an easy matchup so um i had a lot of fun and i ended up i wanted someone in my region and someone who was a very similar skill level to me and so i ended up picking wofford and um I actually, and we played at Wofford this year, and then next year we're going to come back and play the exhibition game at UAB. But my team did squeak out a 62-60 to 60 victory against Wofford in our exhibition game. So that was, that was kind of fun to see. Uh, Lou, how did your, your team fare against, uh, against your exhibition opponent? Yeah, so um, I really agreed, just like yourself, I really enjoyed uh, the whole really just talking with people. Um, and getting, and I think that's what led to just my kind of discovery of Western Michigan. Um, I was looking for someone. I wanted a high, a higher tier. Again, as you and I are both sitting at uh, four, right? You're a four as well, prestige. Yeah. Um, right. So I wanted a four or three. Um, so, um, but then all of a sudden, Western Michigan kind of came up on my radar, and it really intrigued me because their offense is very similar uh, rating to mine. But their defense is really is a lot better than mine. So I said, okay, okay, well, let me see. You know what? Let me actually see if I can keep up with a team that has a better defense than mine. Like, what what does that really entail? So that really was what the the interesting part for me was, was to see how a team that's way better defense, how I can uh, compare. Um, And I lost, sadly, uh, to uh, Western Michigan. But it was a really good game. I believe I only lost by five. So, again, that's great to see is that the team could keep up. Um, and I'll be honest, that's what I thought after that result. I was like, oh, that's how my early season tournament's going to be. That's how I'm going to really go in about things. And we'll talk about it. I was very surprised. Um, but Western Michigan was great to play. Uh, again, is interacting with the people is great. That just shows you the coaches that really – or just the people kind of controlling the teams. And Western Michigan was a four prestige. So I kind of felt like that was a great way – to really just measure how I'm doing against Western Michigan. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, that's super cool. It was fun to, to figure all that out. I wonder if, like, he would consider doing that for all of scheduling. But I think that that would be kind of insanely difficult to, like, figure out 
352 team schedules of yeah. what, like games or maybe, but maybe there could be a way to do like one game or even like two non-conferences. Yeah, I was thinking two non-conferences could maybe get you that little, hey, is there a way I can work out two non-conferences that I find my own opponent like we did with exhibition? I do agree because I was like, if he was able to do one, I think maybe just adding one more and making an actual non-conference game instead of just exhibition would, could do potential things. So, yeah. Yeah, maybe it was just like a trial. Like uh, Agreed, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that's what kind of all this is. Like, it's it's a lot of fun, but, like, we also, like, I keep reminding myself when we talk about it, too, it's like, it's, like, totally user-based or user-created. Like, it's not, like, he's not a professional. He's just doing this for fun. <laughs> and yeah. uh, obviously, he has to be pretty good at programming, like, in order to, to do it, to figure it out. Um, but, yeah, so then... After that came media day, and um, we were talking about this earlier. I actually did find some of the questions. Um, it was kind of interesting how, so it was like a media day, and it gave you the predicted or projected, um, uh, like, conference final records or whatever, like uh, standings, that's what I'm looking for. Um, so it gave you, like, where you're projected to finish in uh, the standings. And then it, it, there was 10 questions, but depending on which questions you picked, you only got a select few. Like, I think I ended up getting four of them or something like that. And um, it was really interesting and really detailed to that, that he created all these answers. Um, but, like, for instance, so the first question that I got, uh, it was just, what's your expectation for the season? And it gave me four different four different answers. And just, like, to simplify all of them, the first one was advancing in the tournament. Why not us? We have a talented squad. The second one was we're focusing on growing and maturing, hopefully picking up some wins along the way. The third one was I think we can play in March. I think we're doing we're capable of doing some damage in the tournament. And then the last one was we're good enough to finish 500 in this league. Uh, and if we get hot at the right time, we might make it to the tournament. Um, so personally, I think that I picked um, that – we have that that i think we can play in march um i do oh, think wow. that yeah i do think that my team like i took that as either like the ncaa tournament or nit like i like some just sort of march postseason. i see you're saying yeah i see what you're saying just to get the taste of that postseason i agree i got you yeah maybe looking back on it maybe that's not entirely what it meant but that's how i took it <laughs> um, so it might have it might have done more harm to my team than good but do you remember what you picked out of those options. Yeah. So what I picked was I actually went with uh, uh, kind of just being able to play 500 ball in a way and just saying if we get hot. So like we're going to finish 500 in the league. Um, absolutely. But it, and if we get hot at the right time, you could actually hear our name on selection Sunday. Um, and I think that's just true. And especially um, I think that really just goes on with how I did in my early season tournament is that I was very surprised because, like, oh, wow, I, I actually won more than I thought I was. And I think that's what this team could be is just kind of a, yeah, I think I think if we, we could finish 500. And, again, as we get hot like any other team, especially a team we all know named Loyola, um, if you get hot toward the end of the season, you could see yourself being called in Selection Sunday. So, yeah. Yeah, so then I think this is then what, what I was talking about, about how, like, each question had its own, like, depending on what you answered, you got your own next question. Because mm -hmm. I think – different questions so mine was if there's one point of emphasis that you have for this this year's team what is it 
And so my the answers for that was giving 110%, so basically full out effort. The second one was rebounding and limiting turnovers. And the last one was pushing the tempo. And this question was really easy for me because I'm very my team is very defensive oriented. So I said rebounding and limiting term, turnovers um, just because I think that's actually what my team, uh, what, what the, the, the DNA of my team is. But mm-hmm. Lou, I think you got a different one, didn't you? Yeah, I, I, had, I know I definitely had this one. Um, the question that was asked was, do you have any key takeaways about the first weekend of the regular season? How do you evaluate team's performance thus far? Um, options were three. Um, of the first one was kind of strong, saying, I mean, obviously not pleased. We came into the season with lofty internal expectations. I just don't love our energy out of the gates. We'll get back to work this week and fix what we need. The second was, first off, getting the opportunity to participate in these early season tournaments is great for our program. So kind of just like, the two are different polar kind of ones on really strong disappointment. The other one, just happy to be there. Um, and then of course I went with the third and final one kind of in the middle We're in a good spot. These first few weeks are going, uh, going to be tough for everyone around the country. You got to figure out the rotation game plans. Cause I really do think that's just it. I, I have the team hadn't played enough and you don't know what the team's really going to be. Cause if you come out the gate hot, then you're set. We've come out the gate uh, bad. You don't know if that's the, is that going to be the whole season or is it just like, you hit a bump, you just got to get back up and get on. So I kind of went with, uh, hey, we're in a good spot. Felt like this team could develop kind of mentality. So, yeah. Yeah, so um, my question then was, how do you feel about where my team was slotted in the preseason poll? So mm-hmm. I got, like, my first one was, it's fair. Basically, like, you know, some minor disagreements, but we're fine with it. The second option was, we're definitely more motivated now. Um, and the last one was, it's a long season. We don't pay much attention to that. Um, and I went I went with the last one, which was, it's a long season. We don't pay much attention to that. Um, I, I mean, like, I look classic. Yeah, it's classic. Like, we're not giving anything out. Um, I, I, I mean, I think we're good. I don't, I, if we don't win the regular season, I'm not going to be super upset. I think we can. But um, I, I just don't really want to pay attention to that because I think, Hopefully my guys develop. Hopefully, like having the two sophomores on the team, they get better throughout the season. Uh, them being my two best players um, mm-hmm. and like senior leadership. Um, so, so yeah. So that uh, and I, those are my questions. I thought it was super fun to like get a different, a bunch of different questions. Um, did you have any more questions after that? Do you remember? Um, yeah, I know. I definitely had. Um, let's see. One uh, I had it here. Oh, so there was one about there are obviously plenty of contrasting styles across the nation. What's your team's perspective on tempo? Um, and I think this was came up, like you said, because I selected such a low, a slow tempo. And just the the def, the way I responded was really interesting, I thought, um, because I said, we're going to slow it down, no doubt. And I like how we match up individually speaking. But the thing is, I really don't like how we match up. Um, and that's not the reason I went slow. So I was intrigued to see that that was the mentality is that playing slow means you can match up well. So it was really interesting. Um, but I did agree with the last statement of why I wanted to play it slow. Um, some of these teams just think it's a track meet and it leads to forced shots and empty possessions. And I really like that statement because it's like my team is not great uh, defensively. And so if we have a bad offensive night, my mentality was that we need to be able to slow it down and kind of just like, pick up the pick up the pace defensively but if we can slow it down we can control the game so it was really interesting kind of to see um how that went about yeah 
So then after the initial like media day, the next cycle uh, included recruitment. So it was the first time we were able to see any recruiting. And um, it was I, it was really well done and interesting to me. And I think like pretty realistic, honestly. I don't really know mm-hmm. what I was expecting. I don't know if I thought we would just get like all of the recruits, like all 800 and then get to pick which ones we were interested in. Um, but the way it was done uh, and the way it is done is that it's sorted into uh, regions. So we're both in the Southeast region. So we can only mm-hmm. recruit players from the Southeast region, uh, whether that's high school recruits or ju- uh, junior college recruits. And then actually international players, there's international players too, and those are also sorted into separate um, separate regions. Um, so how it worked was we got sent a list of uh, anywhere between like, I think I saw some had 15 and other teams had 50. Um, I ended up having like around 30 recruits and they were all of the players that were interested in UAB. Um, so they, I don't know how they determine that. I'm sure it's, you know, some algorithm, but yeah, it was interesting to see such a large list interested in your school, uh, not just your school, sorry, just like any school, like my school as well. It was really interesting to see such a kind of a vast list of people interested. Mm-hmm. And big talent divide too. Like for mine, I had a five-star player that was interested in UAB and I personally was like, there's no way that this player is going to want to go to UAB. It's still cool though, and you know maybe if I was yeah. if I was in a different position, maybe where I only had like one senior, maybe I'd offer him and just you know take a chance. It's the first recruitment, but um, I ended up uh, there was a big list from the five star all the way down to like low two stars, and I need three players, so I need at least one shooting guard and at least one small forward. Uh, and I end up I end up offering two three stars and then one two star. Um, two of them were small forwards. One was a shooting guard. Um, but I I went for well rounded players. I kind of didn't try to get one that was like too offensively uh, strong or defensively strong. I was kind of just going okay. for players that were in the middle. Um, I thought gotcha. maybe some teams would would be more likely to go for like a player that is far more offensively talented um, or defensively talented. And I, that's kind of how I want to run my team is I would, in the future, I would like to get players um, that are more well-rounded. Um, gotcha. uh, and Lou, what, what, how did your recruitment go? What, like, what kind of players did you see? What were you going after? Um, again, as I was, I was, I was, I was mistaken. I have no problem. You and I were talking about this before we started recording. I thought you could only really recruit uh, what you what you didn't have yet, and that was a big thing on my part. Now, kind of going after. But again, as I did read that, if you went after so many, the likelihood of you getting even some of them or even all of them. So I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to lose two positions, and one of them's a center, and I have I don't need another center, but I need another shooting guard. So I was like, okay, what can I do to improve my chances? of just getting the best team possible. Because, again, as my mentality was next season, next season, next season. So I went big, and I went for two JUCOs um, because I was like, I, I'm not maybe big on the idea of high school recruiting. And, again, is that's where I want to now define is a JUCO part of the high school recruiting um, and not transfers uh, because maybe that would have changed my uh, luck because I went for two guys who were JUCO. One was from West Virginia, so those of you who don't know, 
uh, Marshall's in West Virginia. So I thought, hey, that's kind of cool in state. You don't really see that, I would say, from the state of West Virginia. And then he was um, he was a shooting guard, which I needed. Um, again, above sevens, both seven rankings, offense, defense. And then I went for another Juco point guard um, in both a kind of high six on offense and a, a high six on defense. So all just given luck, um, I think point guard kind of controls the tempo. So having a good point guard with a good uh, defense was good in offense. And then just filling that shooting guard slot. I definitely don't need another center. Um, but again, it was just how my mentality of where to go with it was. Uh, one was ranked in the top uh, top 100. The other one was just outside the top 100 of the heat uh, check rankings. Um, but uh, again, it's, it was the first time, and now it just kind of prepares me for what I want to look for in the next recruiting cycle. So yeah, how did how did the recruiting go for you? We might as well just jump right into it. That was the most recent thing that was released was what ended up happening. But exactly, I yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was a tough day and for the herd because the Marshall herd received no commitments um, and no no letters of intent signed or anything. So it was a tough day. It was a tough day, but uh, we received no commitments. But went zero for two. But again, is uh, maybe just uh, I got to read a little bit more on the kind of JUCO versus if they're transfers or not. Yeah, I uh, I feel your pain. Um, the three recruits that I extended offers to also none of them committed to me. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of in the same boat. I mean, I. I don't know. I, I, I'm a little more bummed because I we were talking earlier. I put all my eggs in the high school recruitment basket. Like, I don't have any – I'm investing all my resources into high school recruits. And so I think there's only two more high school recruitment um, portions or cycles. So if I don't get that – I mean, there are transfers. Transfers, I think, will probably happen after uh, the season's over. Um, but – I don't know how likely I am to get any, you know, higher level transfers. So I I don't know what I'm going to do for the next recruitment cycle. I need to get three players for next year. Um, like I could go and just only recruit one player. Um, but then I still have two spots open and only one recruitment cycle left. I could go the opposite way and get five or six, offer five or six players. But then what happens if they all commit to me? So I honestly, I think I'm going to do the same thing next time. I know it didn't work, but I'm going to either probably two or three, offer two or three players. Maybe I will um, kind of go a little bit lower, like offer a little bit lower rated recruits, uh, unless something jumps out at me. But mm-hmm. I don't know. What about you? What, what do you think you're going to do for the next recruitment cycle? Uh, I'm going well, to first read to see if JUCOs are transfers or if they're high school commits, because then that changes the idea. Um, still not going after high school recruits because solely that I didn't put the 10 toward that strong. I remember I put all my eggs in the basket of transfer recruiting. Um, so if JUCOs end up not being part of transfer recruiting, I'm going to just kind of be selective. Uh, we're not really selective, but just kind of try to find, um, transfers that really fit the mold of what I need. And again, as I actually might extend more, um, cause sadly, like we all know, the percentage of transfers per team is around like 2.6 or something. Remember 2.4. So roughly two two guys a year transfer from a team. So I'll put money on that. Maybe I'll have a transfer or two at the end of it. So I will probably extend to maybe three or four, or and not just look to fill only two slots, but look to fill maybe three or four slots in the next recruiting cycles. Yeah, that's a good point. I might have to do the same, especially 
you know, a lot of my players don't have high high loyalty ranking. So I don't know. No, they're not loyal. That's interesting. They're not loyal. Players ain't loyal. Um, (laughs) Probably the last thing we're going to talk about here is uh, the preseason tournaments, which are, they were not really preseason, but early season tournaments. Yeah, they're just like the non-conference kind of Thanksgiving tournaments you see Loyola and everyone else in the country kind of play, yeah. Mm -hmm. So every team was in one eight-team early season tournament, and every team was guaranteed three games. So no matter what you won or lost, you were able to play three games. Um, And so my UAB squad was in the Hall of Fame Classic. And uh, the only really, like, good team I saw in that tournament was Baylor. Uh, they were the only high major team. Uh, Wright State was also in it, which they're a pretty good. Uh, they're in the Horizon League. They're a pretty good mid-major team. They've made the tournament a couple times the past few years. Um, but my first game was against, uh, I believe, Florida A&M. Um, and we did win that game. So we ended up winning only by two. Uh, squeaked it out. And then my next game, we were up against another Florida team in Florida Gulf Coast. And we won that game by seven. So a little bit of uh, momentum. And that was going into the championship game. Uh, and then we took on Wright State, actually, in the championship game. Uh, but we kind of got smacked up uh, and ended up losing by 15 in the championship game. But definitely, I would say, a win for me. Uh, I... I I enjoy going two and one. Uh, not really the best wins, not against like great teams, but um, I don't know. It's good to get some wins uh, early in the season. Agreed, yeah. Definitely, definitely what I would have hoped for. Uh, Lou, what about you? How'd your your early season tournament go? Yeah, I was in the Great Diamond Head Classic. Um, I was really intrigued how they grouped some of these tournaments. Where of course there was a, I got, I have to say it on a Loyola podcast. There was a Windy City uh, tournament. So really near and dear, but I was in the Diamond Head Classic with, um, like you like you said, kind of not many teams of big names. I would say the two biggest names were Oregon State, a good Pac-12 team, and then Utah State, just because Utah State recently um, has been making a name for themselves um, in heading to the NCAA tournament two years in a row. So uh, my first round was uh, against uh, a Cal State Northridge, where um, I won by eight. So that was a great start. I felt. Um, and then, sadly, the second game I lost by only four to Utah State. Um, and then I played for the third place game, which was March, uh, Marshall versus SMU, and I actually beat SMU by two. Uh, so that was really a big thing to see. Um, the biggest kind of excitement for me, I'll have to say, was um, my number one offensive player was not the leading scorer. Both, all, both my wins, because they only show you – if you win, who your leading scorer was my center, who was a senior. Um, and he, he's not the best offensive player. He's about the fourth uh, best offensive player. So it was really interesting to see his name uh, be the leading scorer, I thought. But, again, as the SMU game was really excitement uh, to see uh, just because uh, I was just really excited to see that get the third place finish there. So that, that was kind of exciting to see. Yeah, uh, it's fun that we both went 2-1. and one. I definitely think you had the more impressive win, uh, or the most impressive win, like beating SMU. Um, I guess, yeah, yeah, no, totally. I was, I was really hoping to play Oregon State. I was really kind of the, the kind of the old, the Peyton-esque uh, team. I wanted to kind of get that, but it was a good tournament, I have to say. Kind of getting those wins, like you said, 
being 2 one's a good position to be at. Yeah, actually, now that you mentioned it, too, I was looking. My two top scorers um, were, for the for the exhibition game, was my stud uh, sophomore point guard. But then nice. for the tournament games that I won were two of my three centers, which is actually is pretty funny. But they do have they're, – they're tied for second in the, in the uh, second-best offensive ranking. So I guess that makes sense. Um, probably lots of pick and roll with my point guards and my, my center. Well, see, like, like you just said there, that's, it's important right now for me to think, okay, well, my center is the leading scorer. So really I, I can get a guy or just to come in and become the new leading scorer. But like in your case, and from my eyes, listen, you, you, you got that sophomore. So you got to build that loyalty to that sophomore if he's leading your team kind of in that way. That's just where I'm at with that. Yeah, no, you're right, 100%. Yeah, I definitely am trying to make sure to, to build that loyalty up. Yeah, yeah, no, and then I think the only thing I want to talk about really just from these early season tournaments, and maybe you might have had it, is I noticed that our uh, conference uh, rival, uh, mm-hmm. Western Kentucky, uh, actually won their tournament, um, and they actually beat Texas Tech uh, by four. Okay. So it was really interesting to see um, – because they really didn't have, in my opinion, that much competition except for Texas Tech. In the they, Western Kentucky played Texas State in Montana, but they ended up beating uh, Texas Tech. So I, I did notice that because the wooden, the diamond head was right next to the wooden, it looks like. So I, it was really interesting to see how other teams really did um, handle things out. So, yeah. I'm glad you actually brought Western Kentucky up because uh, they're actually ranked in the top 25 for week two. Um, so after their three and zero start, they're ranked twenty fourth in the uh, in the top twenty five. So uh, pretty pretty cool. I mean, like to have a mid major conference like us. Hopefully, you know we'll we'll get our shots in against Western Kentucky later in the year. I think we I think we each play them once. Um, so uh, it'll be fun to to have a top rated team in our conference for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I mean it's been fun. It's been it's been cool to see. They're the only team that's three and zero in our conference. Um, there's five teams uh, that are two and one. We're we're two of them in our conference, and mm-hmm. then and the rest of the teams are one and two. So everyone's won a game. Uh, I, I'm, I'd imagine it's going to be pretty competitive. I think there will be a few teams towards the bottom that'll probably not be all that great, but kind of kind of separate from the pack. Yeah, kind of yeah. Probably how Western Kentucky will. I mean, I think they're going to be pretty good this year. So, mm-hmm. fun to have them in our conference. Um, but yeah, unless you have any other, do you have any other thoughts on uh, on the sim league so far, or what you're looking forward to uh, in the future? Yeah, I think what, what I'm looking forward to more is going to be kind of a more in depth kind of look at the recruiting, um, and then just uh, now I'm just really kind of playing with the idea of if you do recruit more than what you have that's leaving. How does that go? Because then is this is new for us. Do we get the pick who gets to leave? Is it kind of a, a lottery? Is it maybe based off loyalty? So that, that I think, is going to be a few of the things to, to make an impact. And then just if any more results come in, kind of just start tracking, at least for you and I, just who's putting up the points because maybe do I really need to fill that role or do I, can, do I need to find someone else? So. Yeah, I'm looking forward to recruiting as well. Like I, I'm interested to see how my roster shakes up and there's still a lot of talent left. Like I was looking, there's in the top 50 players, there's only 12 have committed. And in the top a hundred, only 27 have committed. I'm probably not going to be going for those higher players, but 
you know, stretching that into like the top 200, there's still a lot of players left. So hopefully I can, uh, I'm looking to land a player, you know, around 150. That'd be, that'd be a, a good goal for, for my, my team going forward. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think that's going to wrap up our, our sim league stuff, uh, which means that we are going to move into our loyalist section. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about our, one of our newest players, um, who is a transfer from Indiana University, and uh, that player is Demisi Anderson. So make sure to stay tuned if you are looking for that. Uh, but otherwise, thank you all for listening to the SimCast Couch, Episode 2, and uh, stick with us for the Loyola part. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Woo! Um... Um. Okay, that's that's hot, but I want another bite. My mouth's burning, listeners. Okay. I love talking Loyola Rambler basketball. Rambler portion of the podcast. So last week uh, we talked about the unfortunate departure of Jalen Pipkins, uh, who was here for a year. Um, but that spot opened up a a new spot for an incoming transfer who we are really excited about. His name is Demisi Anderson. He is six foot seven. He's from Indiana. He went to high school in South Bend, I believe, or he's from South Bend. Um, and uh, he just finished up his sophomore year at Indiana. Um, and six foot seven, like I said, really excited about that. Um, I'm going to give you a little bit of a background on like what he did before Indiana. And then Lou's going to talk to you about uh, like post high school, what he's done so far. So Anderson, uh, he, he, like I said, he went to South Bend high school. Um, and then he, uh, or sorry, he went to Riley high school, I believe. Um, and then he played for, and AU team out of Chicago. Actually, he played for Mean Streets uh, AU team, which is very popular in Chicago. Big, you know, big team, lots of rivals up here. So definitely has the Chicago connections. Um, and then he was ranked number 92 in the country by 247 Sports and then 114 by Rivals. So, you know, pretty close to a uh, unanimous top 100 player going into his senior year. Uh, he was rated as a number two player in the state of Indiana. He almost scored 2,000 points. He finished with 1,949 in his career. At uh, uh, Actually, uh, in, in, he set a new county record and then also uh, his uh, city, South Bend, scoring record. Um, in his senior year, he averaged 19 points, six rebounds, two assists, and two steals. Uh, while helping South Bend Riley, uh, he was second team all uh, all state honors. He was a finalist for Indiana Mr. Basketball. Uh, it was 2017-2018 Northern Indiana Conference MVP. In his junior year, he actually averaged 24 points a game uh, and 7.6 rebounds, so more points and rebounds. Uh, but his team didn't do as well, so. I think they just had more talent his senior year. 
And then, um, yeah, he played AU for Mean Streets, uh, and he had not a ton of offers because he did commit pretty early. But um, other than Indiana, he had offers from Ball State, UConn, Indiana State, Michigan, New Mexico, Purdue, and Toledo, and then had some interest from Michigan State and Xavier. So, I mean, definitely Michigan and Purdue, big teams, and then uh, the UConn pretty big as well. And then Indiana state, which makes sense because he went to high school in Indiana. Um, but kind of funny that they, ne- they didn't get him. And then we ended up getting him as a transfer. Um, everything I can see like from his high school videotapes, he really uh, excelled because he is six foot seven. He's athletic. And I just don't think anyone in high school could guard him. Like agreed. Yeah. He's a small forward. But like centers in high school weren't six foot seven for a lot of teams. So um, then then you add on his athleticism and his ability to shoot too. Um, so I think that he definitely. I mean, a lot of really highly recruited uh, or highly rated high school prospects benefit from having that uh, height advantage and size advantage. But I think he. Yeah. No, I agree. I think sometimes you don't really notice how they are when until they're on the AAU circuit because sometimes the high school they're the biggest person on the court so I, I really agree with that point yeah mm-hmm. yeah um Baloo if you want to so yeah then he ended up committing to Indiana actually really early he committed in July of 2017 so pretty early even for that like recruitment year of 2018 mm. uh, and then uh yeah Lou if you want to take it over and talk about what he did at Indiana and like why you think he ended up transferring yeah, so, um, yeah, he committed early, so I think, like you said, he committed his uh, summer into his senior year, so not many, he had a handful of scholarships, but not uh, that many, which I just, because I think the early commitment kind of, you, you'll see some scholarships being handed out in the senior year, of course, but um, he ended up playing at Indiana University, a kid from Indiana, so it made kind of uh, perfect sense, uh, but he sadly didn't get to play that much. Uh, he never started a game uh for indiana uh in a total of the over the two years he only played in 39 games uh so th- it's kind of interesting uh he eclipsed um a, a total of 400 minutes over for these two years so kind of just a really interesting uh situation what's going on he played 21 games his freshman year and he only played 18 games his um sophomore year so um i think the biggest thing for me is why he left was uh, there was an article that he didn't score. He only His last point that he scored for Indiana was December of this past season. So he, in January, February, March, he didn't score a single basket. Um, not And the, the way the article was written, it was not because he didn't want to. It was never he got the opportunity. He wasn't put in games. Um, so that was really interesting for me to kind of read. He, he was only getting like two minutes there, one minute there. Um, and then when he did get the minute, he only was getting two shots. So never really an opportunity to see the shots and it was funny because early on in the season when he shot four plus he had 14 points and 10 points so for a guy that is it was able to score in, in high school he i think he had the opportunity to score in college but just not really the opportunity to play um and why i think this is an interesting pickup is because this is a, a kid who played actually at a big time program um and indiana is a big time program even recently they're still getting big time recruits uh, they're getting big-time names going, getting drafted the first three picks. Um, they have big, powerful classes. And 
I think this is really important because not only is he a big person, 6'7 is a great height to see, especially in the Valley. I do think, um, and again, as people need to realize, he'll be out this year on the red shirt. So he won't be playing with Cameron. That's a little tough to see, but he will be playing with guys like Frank, with guys like Welch, with guys like um, our new Jacob Hudson. So big guys he will be able to fit in well. Um, so that's going to be interesting. But this is the first guy, if you look back at Milton Doyle and you look back at Clayton Custer, those two guys played a big program, but they didn't really play. Uh, Milt didn't play one single minute um, of actual college basketball time with Kansas. He played summer, and then, again, something happened over the summer where he decided to leave Kansas. Um, and then if I go back to Clay, Clay really didn't get that many minutes. He was a freshman and then transferred out after his freshman year. Um, so it, it was really interesting to kind of see how this all develops. And I do think the fact that uh, Anderson has gotten the taste, he's got that taste for big-time basketball, Big Ten basketball, in a matter of fact. They play big programs, big schools. So I think he could really see a big transition from a big guy in Valley play and at a school like Loyola. And I think this is just a great fit. Uh, the kid's from the area as well. So I think maybe maybe in a little recruiting sense, that would be great to kind of hopefully get some help from a kid who's from Indiana and build that branch out because we have now recently gotten La Lumiere in Indiana. We, we kind of like seeing good homegrown talent stay in the area and commit to Loyola. So I really like this pickup. Um, again, is um, I'm fine with transfers because I think we, we actually can mold transfers really well. When some people are like, oh, this kid's only got two years left. Andre Jackson only had two years. Um, I, correct me if I'm wrong. It's Tate, Tate's only going to have one more year, right? Correct, yeah. Yeah, so I think it's really interesting that we mold our transfers pretty darn well. If you if you disagree with me, Buck, that'd be great. But I don't think you do because you look mm-hmm. at our pedigree of transfers, and I think we really know how to mold them and really fit them well with guys who we recruit. And I think that's such just the, the level of recruitment that we do. Um, I don't know if it's Porter. I don't know if it's Valentine or if it's Matt Gordon. Uh, I don't know who is the recruiting person now because I would have to say Brian Mullen really pushed recruitment. Um, when he was here at Loyola, and now for the Ramblers, being able to get names like this and just kids like this with a kind of a, a, a resume of going to Indiana and transferring, I think it's really great for seeing the recruitment going where it's at. Yeah, um, I think my baseline for like how I would hope that Demisi does at Loyola, I, I I see him as a fill-in for that like. Uh, for I hear Uguak more so, and also like Tate Hall's leaving, but we needed a, a bigger forward, um, mm-hmm, someone agreed. not a center, but can rebound who, you know, maybe can shoot, hopefully fingers crossed. I mean, he shot really well in AAU and in high school. Um, so hopefully he can find that. Um, but I, I, more so than Tate Hall, I see Demisi as a guy that's going to fill in for Uguak. And if he can be, you know, even a little bit more productive than Uguak uh, has been in in these few years, then I, I look at it as a success. Um, and everything I see, I actually do see a lot like of similarities between the two, um, just their height and their ability to jump. And um, I, I mean, it's yet to be seen if Demisi can be a better scorer. But one thing I do, I have seen a lot more of in Demisi's clips are his ability to pass. And I, 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 it's hard to see that in his time at Indiana. It was more so his time with like AU or in high school, but he is very willing to pass and he is good at passing. So I'm hope, hopefully that they can 
sort of uh, include that in their offense uh, and, and not this year, but in the following year. Um, but I, I am looking forward to it too. I'm excited about it. I, I think there's a reason he was ranked as high as he was ranked. Um, and if he gets the playing time, if he gets consistent minutes, if he's starting, which I think he will be most likely, if not his junior year, probably his senior year. Um, you know, if he's playing 25 minutes a game, he's going to find a group. He's going to find uh, probably some of that talent back that he wasn't able to sort of harness while he was playing only five or eight minutes a game at Indiana. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm I'm excited about it. Agreed. Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah. Um, so. It'll be it'll be fun, uh, you know. It's someone to look forward to uh, in two years. Um, we got a lot to look forward to to this year's team as well, um, which we'll we'll start getting into next week. Uh, so next week's episode, I think we're gonna talk about our two freshmen, incoming freshmen, uh, Baylor Heb and Jacob Hudson. Um, Lou, are you excited to talk about them? Yeah, I think these two guys are – and let's be honest. The, the way I want to kind of preface the, the next week's episode is we only got two guys. We only recruit two recruits. We have, we have a weird, in my opinion, I can say it, scholarship chart. I don't know what the proper number is or no one really knows. But these two guys from the tape we've watched and what we talked, I think they can make an impact. And they all, they'll be able to play right away. And the thing is they, they're funny, funny uh, position-wise players because – they're kind of two ends of the spectrum. One's a really tall guy, and the other guy's a little short but quick guy. But the thing is, they I think they complement Loyola basketball and the Rambler basketball so well because the smart IQ, from what I see, is Baylor Head will push to the rim, but he didn't get blocked a lot. What he did was he made a smart basketball move to be able to get to the rim. Uh, then you have Jacob Hudson, who controlled the tempo by he had the ball had the ball and then he knew when to dish it out or when to push for the rim so i'm very excited to talk about two guys who kind of uh kind of benchmark for what our tempo is or what a kind of uh the team really mentality is going the next few seasons yeah i think it's fair to say you're pretty excited and i am too but uh we'll have lots to talk about we'll probably talk about um them for the next two episodes uh Mm -hmm. because i think there's a lot to talk about between those two um, one is going to start playing right away. One might be waiting a year. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll be sure to break that all down for you. Um, but Lou, any last thoughts on, I don't even know, uh, anything Loyola related or Simcast couch related? Uh, Loyola related. Actually, I, I think as we're recording this, I did see, so go check it out. I saw that our good old uh, beautiful team of the final four all met up for a nice little uh, zoom call so that's awesome to see the the boys hanging out and getting back together because um, again as i think in times like these uh remembering about good times with the little Rambler final four is great to see so go check that out go uh, support the guys and see what they're up to yeah i know i'm gonna have to watch the video back um, exactly yeah cool uh thank you all for listening I hope you guys enjoy the content. Uh, we'll be back. It's going to be weird. I don't know if it's going to be like a routine weekly thing. Uh, I'm going to try to do it once every seven or eight days or so. But just based on like the amount of content we get from the SimCast League, kind of determine when we're going to make another episode. So, uh, Agreed, yeah. yeah. So hopefully we'll see you guys next week. Um, but anyway, thank you all for listening. And don't forget, go Blurs. And.